Forgive me for being a tad late with the upload. I'm clearly suffering from a post-Christmas daze. But we are here now and ready to close out 2022 with this dumb birthday game Norm Nathan Show combo from December 27th and 28th, 1995, which I have titled Ringing in the New Year with some ding-dongs. We begin with Norm describing where Jack does his traffic reports from. Jack offers a belated birthday wish to Norm. Norm, who was slighted by Jack's lack of gifts or cards, runs down a list of the celebrity birthday greetings he received, one with a very clever tagline. Mike Epstein, on the other hand, has been sending Norm cards since last February. In addition to Jack and Mike, the rest of the panel includes Arlene in Philadelphia, Kevin in Maine, Val in Needham, and Gene from Kingston. There are slim pickings on birthdays and events. Tova Felchu and her merry band of chorus men. Anna Russell. And 36 minutes in, we finally get to the third birthday. Bernard Lanvin. Or Bernard Lanvin? And we close it out with Dr. William Howell Masters. He does not make house calls in Cleveland. Norm takes it to the break, and we move on to the Norm Nathan Show. We have calls from Fred, Alice, a quick one from Ruth from Buzzards Bay. Then we cut to Norm talking about Lou Gorman, then vice president of the Red Sox, who would read a proclamation announcing Lizzie Murphy Day honoring a woman who played semi-pro baseball for 17 years. A very interesting story. Here's Irene talking about the old days in Lawrence and Haverhill. Man, those were the days. Mike talking Norm's chickens. Mary asking about Norm's cats. And suddenly, Norm is talking to guests. They are Lucy Johnson, also known as Princess Cheyenne. In Montana, they were appearing at Matthews in Tingsboro. They chat about pickup lines, careers, teasers, and more. Or is it less? At one point, Lucy asks Montana to tell a story, but the tape was paused. However, we do pick it up when I enter the studio, and it gets a bit racy. They also took some calls. Mark and Newton, who's made a terrible career choice. Neil from Lynn, looking for measurements. Dan and Littleton, also known as the Origami Dropper. And John from Boston, who needs a ride to Matthews. We revel in other fun, such as... Imagine if the traffic guy gets hit by a car. <laughs> oh, the irony. Wretches. The homely father. Double your money back if you don't like the onion soup. I'll let Norm explain that get-rich-quick scheme. Happy Chattanooga Day? A Pittsburgh radio host from KDKA. I couldn't quite understand what they said. I think it was Bob Jones. Well, he's ghosting Norm. Norm's Uncle Max was assassinated in 1953 for his sharp sense of humor. We learn of the new nation of Methuen, and also the other new nation of Swansea. There's a mention of the birthday game handbook. May I suggest you have some Madeira, my dear? Clenched jaws. Gregorian humor, or should I say, Gregorian humor. A Jack Benny cameo. Frolicking in the woods. The mystery of the inner lobe. That is a little-known Spielberg movie. We get Norm's opinions on Dean Martin. Norm speaks sultry French. There's some witty repartee and the rebirth of radio. And Norm is very territorial. Episode 119, ringing in the new year with some ding-dongs, drops into your ears in three, 
two, and one. Kind of sitting there in his uh, traffic reporting headquarters, mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, waiting for cars to go, for something to happen. Mm-hmm. You're in the uh, basement of some godforsaken building in on San Estanis Government Center. Yes, and we're, we're looking up at the world through the, well, actually, we're not in the basement, but uh, we're close enough. Yeah, you, well, you're on the first floor there, I believe. Is that uh, the fourth floor? Oh, you're on the fourth floor? Yeah. Oh, well, excuse me, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, we can we can see uh, all of Cambridge Street between uh, O uh, Center Plaza and uh, the Chinese restaurant. Is there anybody else in that entire building where you are? Is this just just you sitting there lonely on the fourth floor and nothing nothing happening, no 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 sign of activity or life or anything? The entire building is empty. As a matter of fact, if I wanted to, I could run around naked. Uh, do you ever get that urge? Well, <laughs> oh, every now and again. Matter of fact, I'm sitting here <laughs> naked right now. But you know, Norm, I forgot to wish you a happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. I, I was slighted by that. You well, know. oh yeah, apologize. my birthday came and went, and I said, "Sure, Jack doesn't care. He, pret- <laughs> you know, he pretends he cares." Yeah, he was sitting yeah. by the phone, yeah. looking. Yeah. You were dressed up and on the tie. I kept going out to the mailbox uh, five, six, seven times a day. I thought, you know, it'll probably be a special delivery that they'll probably just drop in. <laughs> Nothing there. I got cards from Michelle Pfeiffer, Sophia Loren. I got some from uh, the Secretary of State, whose name escapes me at the moment. Well, was that be Warren Christopher? Warren Christopher, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We call him Bugsy Christopher, <laughs> those of us who know him very well. And, uh, yeah, cards like that, you know. Uh, from the uh, from Keith Lockhart, the new conductor of the Boston Pops uh, Esplanade Orchestra, he sent me a card. No kidding. He has a baton on it and stuff. <laughs> it says, uh, "Here's leading you into a lovely new year." Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of those kind of local cards. You know, a lot of uh, there. I got a card from my local gas station that had the uh, the gas stations had little uh, the, the pumps had little decorations on them. You know, like like they were like trees. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the attendants were dressed like elves, and I know I've been to that gas station. You go by, you know that little, the little, what they call it, the uh, the tube or something. You cross when you when you drive over it, it rings inside the uh, station, so people know that you're there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Little ding dong bell. Oh, the too. ding dong, the bing dong bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was. Thank you when you went by it. It did uh, sleigh bells. Uh, are you listening? It was a whole kind of whole thing. There. But anyway, there was still no card from Jack Hart. No despite all that. No, nothing at all. It was yeah. I'm just kind of pitiful, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm just a wretch. I beg your pardon. I'm just a wretch. <laughs> a wretch, yeah. 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 Okay. We have, uh, we have Mike Epstein, who's here. Hello. And uh, Mike Epstein sent me 722 birthday cards because... Uh, I started sending you cards back last February. That's right. No three yeah. day. Yeah, he could, day. yeah, he couldn't remember. Sometimes he couldn't. As we got closer to my birthday, he couldn't remember whether he'd sent me one or not. <laughs> so trying to make up for it by you know like having a whole handful of them and stuff. I see. Yeah. Well, next year I'll send you two. Uh, I think that'll make up for it. No, yeah. I don't think it'll make up for it at all. No, no, it won't make up for it. Trying to cut the guy a little. Slack. No, no, I mean, nothing, he, nothing. He's up in his lonely traffic tower on the W. What was it? What that little, those call letters again? Well, there are some. Yeah. WBZ for yeah, yeah, we, like we buy zebras. <laughs> no, no, not the one that, that used to be a station. 
about uh, an ad about of a dead, dead haddock or something, something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's WHDH. Anyway, and he we... sits there all alone in 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 the uh, dead haddock building, <laughs> and, and and it just happened to escape his attention that it was your birthday, and you're not going to cut the guy any slack if he makes up for it next uh, year. Well, because what kind of what kind of a friend are you? Now? You get delirious when you're sitting here alone. You get confused. You don't know if it's daytime, nighttime, what month it is. Nothing. Because, you know, they never let us out of the building. <laughs> so, well, they never know when a car's have to go by. This no. Is true. And no, we, yeah. we, we sponge off a little bit in between yeah. shifts. And, wouldn't, and it be, then, wouldn't it be ironic to have a, a traffic guy get hurt because he, no, you know, he leaves in the middle of the night, nothing's going on, and then he gets hit by a car on the <laughs> crossing, crossing Cambridge Street. <laughs> that's, that's a wonderful story, isn't it? it I is, love to come yeah, up with stories like that. Before I, before I go on any further, I got a call from some guy who's, I, I guess, out of the state for a short time, and this is the honest to God's truth here. Mm -hmm. And he's, he listens to BZ all the time, and he's, I guess he's got a daughter. Lori is her name. And he want, he's, he's some guy on the road just wanted me to say hi to Laurie from her daddy. Who, whomever that is, I don't know who it is. I happen to know who that is. Well, thank you very much. Laurie is a lovely girl. Hmm. She's 22 years old, has dark hair all the way down her shoulder. She's a knockout. Is she really? Her father, however, happens to be ugly. <laughs> and he's got hair all over his face and a big nose. <laughs> and Laurie doesn't care for him at all. She I... doesn't even want to see him. <laughs> It's really pitiful. It's a kind of family relationship that could make you, in Jack's words, rich. It sounds like a good soap opera. Yeah. In fact, I think well, maybe, the rights. Yeah, I might, I might be thinking of a... That might not be true. I might be thinking of the soap opera. Well, like, like Ronald Reagan, I get... I get father. What's that, please? It could be a sitcom, The Homely Father. It could be, but I think, I think I've gotten to be like, like Ronald Reagan... I have no idea reality from from fiction anymore. <laughs> I sometimes repeat old stories that I'm sure they happened to me. Then I realize, no, I think that was a plot of an old radio show. <laughs> no, I used to I used to do I used to do that with a, I, which I thought was a great story about the double your money back. Did I go through this double your money back story with you about the onion soup? Not with me. No. Yeah, when I was a kid, double your if you didn't like uh, they had a lot of that kind of stuff. You bought the onion soup and you didn't like it. You'd return it, return the unused portion is the way they phrased it, and you'd get double your money back. And I thought, uh, boy, that'd be kind of nice. Because back then, the, the, the cans, I think they only cost about a nickel. Assuming a nickel, we'll say. Yeah, but how much to mail the can? No, no, no. You bring it back to your local grocer where you got it. Oh, yeah. No, you just walk to it. You didn't have to mail it. Oh, no. And so you'd bring it back. He'd give you the nickel. He'd give you double your money back. He'd give you a dime. Go to another store and pick up a couple of cans. Plus, you already had a beautiful bowl of soup. <laughs> well, you had, well, you not the whole thing because you have to return an unused portion. Uh -huh. They didn't say how much unused it was. <laughs> okay, so you'd go to another store and you'd get, a, you'd, you'd use the dime there that you got back to get two more cans. Anyway, you could multiply this, and I thought, into a fortune. But it didn't matter what store you went to because you didn't have to worry about legal terms like uh, participating stores only. Yeah, no, no, because all the stores carried this particular brand of onion soup. Mm. And so I, I was about, I, but, but you have to use some part of it because they want you to return the unused portion. So he cooked up a part of the soup, and son of a gun, it was delicious. <laughs> I mean, that were enough. otherwise, if that were lousy soup, I would be a millionaire. See, now I've told that story before. The fact is, 
that was a plot to an old Fibber McGee and Molly show. It never happened to me at all. But it took me years to finally admit that. Hmm. I go around telling stories and pretending they happen to be they're not and all it it happened mostly like to Jack Benny or somebody <laughs> on a, on a Funny, I was just listening to Fibber McGee earlier were you really yeah did you hear the closet that they had they opened the closet door with all the stuff in this one I didn't he didn't hear the closet he was uh, he was uh, cutting uh, cloth for his wife's dress oh I see the oh I see no the closet must have kept coming along during another period you wear the closet that yes. was a big sound effect thing absolutely well, that's wonderful. You want to you wanna find out who else we got playing this game where we don't have really any events even to talk about? <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you want to. Okay. Well, nothing but poor people. Okay, let's, uh, here's Arlene in Philadelphia. Hello, Arlene. Hi, Norm. <laughs> Hello. Whoa. <laughs> we, we, you're the one who suggested that we call this... Uh, uh, the, yes, as a matter yeah, of fact. I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, no, uh, no well, Mike, Mike is the one who talked to us. Unbelievable. Producer, this Amy, the, I you're know. talking about. Yeah. I was talking to my friend Anne, who's madly in love with you, Norm. In the beginning of the hour, when when you were telling about what happened, and uh, we just started to laugh, but we were so disgusted. And she said it's probably not Bob. She she said she's really not too impressed when she's called there, you know, because she said the producers are. You know, kind of difficult to talk to and everything. Yeah. Not like BZ. No, because we would have thought it was a great funny idea. What, yeah. what, what's the guy's name, Paul? Uh, Bob. The, the guy's name Bob is, is Bob. Bob what? Bob Logue. Yeah. Oh, I, Bob Logue. I, I, I never right. got to talk to him at all. I, I would talk to Amy, who who told me that, you know, there she's the uh, Bob suggested I call back during the day sometime, during the week, and we can set something up, and it'll be a, a nice segment. I guess, according to Amy, he's all booked up during the overnights, which is something that, uh, that while it could possibly be, I, I don't think it is. No, <laughs> and, and, no because and, basically he just takes calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I really don't know. I, I've never heard him have any guests. Um, but I have to tell you, I think that, I mean, and I said this to Norm, maybe it was the way that I, that I set the whole thing up. I said to Amy... You know, I'm calling from WBZ in Boston. We sometimes talk with other uh, live talk shows around the country, different stations. Um, we just talk, you know, talk about the the two cities, about radio, about just general lighthearted topics. And possibly it wasn't too hard driving and conservative enough. Maybe she wanted us to, to do a simulcast talking about the benefits of executions or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it was yeah. probably just her. I don't think it was Bob, that's for sure. No. We understand now why Pittsburgh is a second-rate country. <laughs> they got people I like that know. young. And why Westinghouse ought to withdraw that. That's a, one of our own stations. I know. Uh, I yeah. can't believe it. But Anne loves you, and she said not not uh, to worry about it. No. No. Well, we were depressed. Don't worry for, about it either. Yeah, we, we were depressed for about 12 seconds. <laughs> I, I was going to dive on a sword in Master Control, yeah, but no. thankfully Norm ripped it out of my hands. <laughs> No, but we've done that with a lot of people. A lot of stations have called us. Yeah. And, you know, it's just kind of a natural thing around 2 o'clock in the morning. It's kind of fun, just, yeah. especially lighthearted kinds of things. Yeah, and, he, uh, you know, what he does, he, he play, you know, he plays a lot of quizzes, and sometimes he'll, he has a newsletter, and sometimes he'll read, uh, you know, little poems and sayings from that, and... And, uh, you know, he does touch on some of the controversial things, but he's not as, like, 
serious and and uh, you know he's pretty down to earth. You know he's not like some of the other talk show hosts. How old of a guy is he? Did you happen um, to know of him? I've never talked to him and I never had the experience of calling that station, so maybe I should have known better. But anyway, um, I think he's probably in his mid fifties. Oh, he's an old guy. Yeah, he probably has no sense of adventure. No. Hey, yeah. Norm, yeah. I, was, I was thinking of you on Christmas, and it was, it's funny, you just mentioned uh, Jack Benny before, and also Fibber McGee and Molly is, I think, just about my favorite old-time radio show. But, because uh, I love to hear Molly, uh, well, especially her, you know, because she's got such a smile in her voice with her Irish accent. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, uh, one of the stations in Delaware was um, playing um, uh, some of the Jack Benny shows, and the ones that I heard was the one from 46 and one from 53, and they were about when he was driving the store clerk crazy. <laughs> was buying Christmas presents and he would, you know, and he would change his mind and have them rewrap re it for another kind of whatever it was. And, yeah. you know, he did that, that like five or six was, times. Was that, was the, st was the, uh, the clerk he dealt with, Frank Nelson, the guy who said, yes, you know? Yeah, that? yeah, and he was a psychiatrist. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, he was funny because he worked with Jake Bunny for a lot of years. And uh, anyway, they were... His, his stuff is funny. I have some of them at home, and I'm always amazed that something that's 50 or 60 years old can still hold up, and, and as, as, it sounds like it was written this morning. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Okay. Let's see. Oh, we have Kevin. Hold on a minute. Kevin is up in Maine. Hello, Kevin. Hi. Happy Chattanooga. Happy Chattanooga is very good. This is Chattanooga Day. <laughs> uh, I, what does that mean, Kevin? I was trying um, to go... Hanukkah. It just... They spell it that way. Oh, it's I like see. Christ, it's like Christmas. Oh, oh I, I see. Yeah. Except Hanukkah, I think, is over now, isn't that? If I don't it's, know. If it's not I over, thought you, you guys said that all kinds of things. No, we know, I don't know what you mean by you guys, but <laughs> as a result, we... Uh, no, no, I think it's I think it's all... Jews guys. It's all... Oh, I see. No, it's all done with. It's been done for a while. Oh, I see. But you do have a sense of humor that's really sharp and wonderful, <laughs> and I can hardly wait for the next joke that comes out of your twisted mouth. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's quickly go to Val, who is in Needham. Hello, Val. Well, it's about time. I know that you've been hanging on for like I a know. half an hour. I, so. I, and while you guys had your pity party. I know that we should have uh, your pity party. You party. Yeah, we should have uh, we we should have brought you in on it earlier. And um, anyway, I'm glad. I'm, uh, uh, let me bring in Jean because she's been hanging in there okay. from Kingston which is not too far from, ne well, it is far from Needham, sort of, down near Plymouth in that area. Hi, Jane. Hi, Norm. How are you? Uh, what, how nice of you to ask. I'm I'm doing just fine, thank you. Good. Do I sound like I'm talking in a tube this year? Into a tube? Yeah, the last time I called, you said I sounded as though I was talking through a tube. No, well, no, I, I, was, I don't know whether I said it. Did I, say, I don't want I didn't, don't, don't think I meant it too, but the quality wasn't all that great. It's, yeah, it's not all that great right now either, but really? we, can, we can understand. Yeah, you know, it sounds like you're talking in a box. <laughs> yes, well, I'm here anyway. well, She said, I'm here anyway. Then hmm. I think she was in a box when she said that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm Carl Nynex. 
I know it's the truth. Uh, uh, Kevin? Yes, sir. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, hoping that you will keep up this hilarious conversation right through to the very end. Oh, because no, you have not the, me. Because you have the kind of sharp sense of humor that my Uncle Max used to have. Uh-oh. <laughs> he was assassinated, as I recall, back in 1953. Well, I'm, I'm right by the window, Norm, so I can watch. If mm. they're coming for me, I'll, I'll know. I'll, I'll be able to duck. Well, maybe we can help so you I out. can at least finish the game before I'm shot. Okay. 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 Uh, let me, uh, as I mentioned, there are very few well-known people were born on this day, one of whom, one not-so-well-known person, but probably the best-known of the whole lot that we have here, is the actress Tova Feldshu. Oh, yeah. Oh, you remember yeah. that? She was, in a, she was in a show, a musical show, that was in Boston, I think with Eartha Kitt, I think was also in the show. I'm not, I can't remember that exactly. I, she she's a her name is kind of Israeli, but she was at, she's actually from New York City, born in New York. Anyway, her her birth date is this day, December twenty seventh. She was in a movie a few years back about a uh, a sweatshop in the early part of the century that burned. Yes, that was I think there was a play originally too, was it not? Uh, I think yeah, because it was a it was a garment manufacturing uh, plant. Yes, and it was in was like that a, Livingston Street or something like that. Mm, some street. It was some significant fire, whatever yeah. the deal was, that that changed, uh, you know, changed rules and such. Well, that's right. It was it was an actual, based upon an actual event mm -hmm. in which uh, many many people were killed. You know, like over a hundred or something like that. Am, am I remembering right? Uh, something More like a that, good number. No. Yeah. Okay. It, what do you think, Arlene? Tova. Feldshu. What? How old do you think she is? Uh, when did when did you say the play was? Or the See, was it also it says here Holocaust. Was was that a play that she was in also? It says uh, I think that was a TV deal. A TV what thing. What was that about? I think it was about the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. It? Uh, yeah, it was, it, either, it was either that or it was the story of a boy and his dog. In the green hills of Vermont around the turn of the century in their search for happiness. Yeah, the dog's name was Cost, and every day he would holler Cost. Yeah, yeah that's right. Across the green mountains of Vermont near Lake Champlain. Oh. <laughs> and thus, a new nation was born. Oh, I guess I'll have to and we call that new nation Methuen. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Arlene, what do you think? Uh, 55. <laughs> 55. Okay, that's we're still talking about Tova Felshu, I guess. But I like uh, I like some of those romantic programs where the announcer says, "And we climbed to the top of the hill, and overlooking that hill was a was a beautiful valley stretching out to the warm waters of the blue Pacific just beyond, and we carved a home for ourselves in that wilderness, and we call that home." Swansea. <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? Well, without a clue, I'd say the most logical guess would be 67. 67. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Val? How old is Tova Felshu? Just in case we've lost track of what it is we're talking about. And probably just as well. Wouldn't be the first time? No. <laughs> I think perhaps 
60. Okay, and what do you think, Jane? I think, I'll say 67 along with Kevin. Along, 67 along with Kevin. 67 like along with Kevin. Yeah, Little yeah, does she yeah. know. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Oh, I'd say Tova, Feld, Tova Feldshu. Is that her name? With the Google Googly eyes. <laughs> I'd say um, we're having a lot of fun considering we have no material here at all. <laughs> I'd say Ma Madame Tova's gonna be uh, sixty-five. Sixty-five, as the People say 65 years young. Yes. You know, when they've been patronizing of us old people. What do you think, Jack? Tova Feldshu, Tova Feldshu. Tova, Tova Feldshu. Um, I'll say. Uh, Tova Feldshu, where the wind comes right behind the rain. I'd say, and not knowing. <laughs> And all. Um, oh, Kevin, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, let's say that Tova filled you. Tova filled you. Tova filled you. Tova filled you. Tova. Someone stop thumbing through that book and just give us an answer. All right. Uh, no, you see, everybody gets a chance to guess first before we give the answer, and then we do it right after. Those are the rules that were established on page 973 of the Dumb Birthday Game Handbook, which obviously you never got in the mail because somebody here hates your guts. Have we updated that for 96 yet? No, we haven't got the 96 version out. We should get it out within the next few days. But do we have the 93 version out yet? Oh, yeah, we have the, no, we're working on the 94 version. version yet? No. Oh, <laughs> you stop. Anyway, Jack, what do you think? Tova Feldshu. Tova Feldshu. She's going to be 48. You are the closest. Whoosh. Wow. Yeah, she's actually 43. Everybody oh, gets much older than that. Spring chicken. 40. She is. She's just a kid, uh, Kevin. Yeah, just I'm a embarrassed. kid. Yeah, Tova Feldshu's 43. Okay, how about, did anybody know Anna Russell? She was kind of a, a big deal when I was a lot younger. She's a comedian. Um, I, I, let me see. I think she's British. Let's see. Yes, born in England. She, she was very much a fad when I was... Oh, let me see. What year would that have been? Uh, when you were a youngster? Yeah, when I was... I, I, thought, I thought she was terribly hip, but I think if you listen to her stuff now, I'm not sure how funny it would be. But she used to do satirical comedy songs and that kind of stuff. And I can't... Uh, I think one of her songs was called... Uh, was about wine. No, I can't remember it now. Anyway, when, when, when I thought she was really hot stuff would have been back in the 50s. Maybe even back to the 40s. And she would do one-woman shows, you know, in, in smaller theaters. She probably, if she were alive today and still... Oh, she must still be alive. She's in here. Yeah. She's in the book. Yeah, I guess she still is alive. But if she were still performing, she'd probably perform at some small place like Jordan Hall or something like that. And uh, and she did this 
you know, again, satirical stuff. I, I, at one time, I may still have some albums by her. Have some, have some, something. What's what's the wine? The expensive the wine that starts with an M. It's Moet. Uh, yeah, yeah, Moet or something. Well, the 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 next line maybe this will help you place it. Have some uh, something, Madeira. 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 Yeah. Have some Madeira, Madeira. Uh, yeah, that was one of the songs. We thought that was just a hilarious fun thing, thing going yeah. on there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, have some Madeira, Madeira. You know, one of those kind of performers <laughs> who you probably wouldn't think is the slightest bit funny anymore. But we're a bunch of snotty kids, and we thought, this is really high-class humor and sophisticated, subtle kinds of stuff. And we love her very much. The average person on the street probably wouldn't even huh? appreciate some of her a subtle humor. <laughs> we went out talking like that. What a bunch of sickening boobs we were. <laughs> I'm glad I grew out of that. Yeah. How come you never hear of Gregorian humor? Gregorian humor? You know, a man came up to me and said he hadn't had a bite in three days. So I bit him. <laughs> you know? Okay. Just for that, we'll start with you, Jack. Oh. Oh, Jack. Yeah. Uh, how old would you say, you know, Anna Russell would be, uh, you know, today, you well, see? Well, she's not 39. No. Uh, now, cut that out. <laughs> uh, let's see. She was popular when you were a lad. Hmm. Yes, I was probably in my uh, 20s at that at that point. Oh, let's see. Hmm. When did the, when was the turn of the century? Uh, was you know, we don't need, you see, that kind of humor, oh. <laughs> uh, Jack. <laughs> wow. Um, We're milking this thing because yeah. we've got hardly anybody else born on this day. <laughs> We're waiting for some important person to be born, maybe by between now and quarter to four. <laughs> uh, I will say that uh, Anna Russell is 84. 84. Okay. What do you think? <clears throat> Excuse me. What do you think, Mike? I think that um, I don't. I don't mean just about Anna Russell. I mean, what do you think about life in general? Is it worthwhile? What about your well? Your you hopes, know what I was dreams? thinking about. I was thinking that there aren't that many people born in December, and we always seem to have this problem, you know, around this time of the year because yeah. this is December, mm -hmm. um, which means that there wasn't a lot of frolicking in the woods, as they say, or anywhere else for that matter, in March and April. And I wonder why that is, because it's something that's obviously gone on more than just for one particular year. Well, you know why? Because why? the women are angry, angry with what they got for Valentine's Day in that February. That could be it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were worried too much about paying their taxes or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they said probably it would be would be March. No, it'd be March. March, March would be nine months prior yeah. to this day. Yeah. yeah, probably saying it's going to be soon. It'll be spring. It'll be warm. It'll be lovely. We'll fall in love, and then we'll do it. <laughs> probably saying that. Why now? It's just the end of well, winter. We're disgusted with the cold and the snow that we've had and all that. And snow and ice up to our eyebrows. Let's wait till spring comes and we hear the peepers. And then we'll fool around and have babies. And they'll all be born in February. And their name will be Isaac Melanson. <laughs> and well, so it, the country was born. 
<laughs> and we well, called it Methuen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what people could do? People could do a public service in an effort to 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 save the birthday game. They could start in like Nookie and in like like March and such, so that in having famous children. So that, you know, a few years down the line, there will be a fresh supply of December babies. Yes, that are I, would hope, I would hope so, because if we want to continue this game. You folks out there got to cooperate with us, you know. I mean, we don't do this for fun. This is a public service thing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, Mike. Anyway, who, who are we talking we're about talking, now? I think we're talking about Anna Russell. <laughs> she probably died somewhere <laughs> between Jack Hart's guests and yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, if, if we can assume that she's still with us, then I'll say that she's 83. 83, yeah. Okay, and Gene, what do you think? And uh, if you want to thump it around for five or ten minutes the way we've been doing, and just do a stand-up monologue <laughs> or anything, that's perfectly okay. Uh, what are you talking about? Nobody being born in December, hardly. You yeah. were. No, I was, and there were a few others. The other day, we had a whole bunch of people just on that one day, yeah. uh, like uh, December 26th, mm -hmm. Steve Allen, Alan King. Yeah. Yeah. Their uh, mothers couldn't have waited a couple of hours. Well, I had a sister in Germany, and she had three children born the 12th of October, one year apart. Well, I'll be gosh darned. <laughs> yeah. Does that have anything to do with what we're talking about, or well, am I missing this? Well, she was busy in January. Oh, I see. Well, I see. It's cold over there. I, <laughs> I, I guess so. I see. Okay. Yeah. So no. what, do, what do you think, Gene? Anna, I'll say 81. Do you know Anna Russell? Do you know that name at all? I've heard it. Okay. Because she, she was sort of well-known among, uh, you know, must, uh, amongst a certain group of snobby people like me at that time. Yeah. Val, what do you think? I think um, I'll go along with, uh, uh, who was that? Well, it doesn't matter. 83. Okay, that was <laughs> Mike. It was me, and I thank you. Yeah, that's right. It was Mike who said the 83. And uh, Kevin? 82. Kevin says 82. And what do you say, Arlene? 80. 80. You Arlene, always say that again. Please just say 80 again. I love the way you say that number. 80. Oh, 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 oh. That, that was nice, wasn't it? Oh, my hanky and dab my brow. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it kind of feels good against the inner lobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Inner lobe sounds like a. That's another Stephen King movie. <laughs> yeah. Inner lobe, the mystery of the inner lobe, <laughs> starring Anna Russell as Jack Hart. <laughs> anyway, Anna Russell uh, today is eighty-four. Mm, so wow. you, all, you all came remarkably close, considering uh, hardly anybody heard of her, except you were figuring if I was a kid at the time. That's, so that's kind of that. insulting to me, this whole thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. We could have said 311. <laughs> okay. And uh, Mike and uh, Val were very close. They said 83, very, very close. to. Oh, well, everybody was close, but Jack won that round. Hmm. Oh, I didn't say who won the first round. It was Jack also. Wow. Yeah, so Jack's got two out of two. And before we go to number three, could we do a little station remuneration? <laughs> I think that means a commercial. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we could uh, work that out just so darn nicely, yes. That would just just so darn nice. Okay, you, you're uh, back with us again, uh, all of you, and uh, you too, uh, Jack. No, oh, thank you. 
<laughs> thanks, 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 Randy. No, nothing special, eh? Well, thanks for bringing me back, you know, and you could have left me, you know, on the cold. And we brought back Arlene, Kevin, Val, and Gene, and and Mike. And uh, Mike and I were just a. Uh, we're just going through the list of other people born in the state, and I was asking because this was kind of a, you know, in a sense, kind of a a, a, a story conference mm -hmm. or a programming <laughs> a meeting or something like that, and uh, we were trying to decide whether he, uh, since Tova Felshue and Anna Russell were the the most famous people <laughs> born in the state, you can imagine the other names that we we come up with and whether we ought to go with them. So normally we would just say, well, let's take events that happen on this day, tell us the year. But it's amazing how few really interesting things happened on this day, too. Uh, in 1945, for example, I'll give you the year because we won't guess this. To give you an example of what happened on December 27th, 1945, 28 nations signed an agreement creating the World Bank. I know that probably has some significance in the world of finance. Yeah. But it's not the kind of thing you'd say, wow, did, was it that long ago? Ooh. Boy, doesn't time Seems fly. like yesterday. I know. And, and look at all the money they lent Boy. out to the third world nations. <laughs> and what have they done with it? My yeah, goodness. Spent it on lottery tickets, probably. <laughs> and, and the rest of them, that's the most exciting one. The rest are not quite as exciting as that. So mm -hmm. what we'll do, and this is based upon my consultant, uh, Mike Epstein suggests that we go right ahead with uh, some other people, even though you may never have heard of any of them, and maybe you have, and just go ahead with it. And we'll try to bring a certain amount of joy and wonderment to the dullness of this game. You mean the guy? You mean like uh, like names like uh, like the guy who sells the newspaper at like Park Street Station, for example? We don't have anybody that interesting. <laughs> no, we have like the next one is Bernard Lanvin. Mm. Uh, L-A-N-V-I-N. He's French. He's actually he's a fashion designer. Do you know that name? Maybe wi maybe women who follow fashion know that. Uh, I guess you pronounce his name since it's French. <coughs> Bernard. Excuse <coughs> me. Well, hold on a minute. I'm going to either clear my throat or choke right on the air. <laughs> that might add a certain amount of excitement to the game. <coughs> uh, I understand Nathan uh, choked and, and died right there during the birthday game. Yeah, it was. It was Disco and Sadal. He wanted to do something to pick it up a it, bit. And then Milton Berle can say something. Uh, he was a trooper. He was a what a human being he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a wonderful guy. He had a really a nice voice, and I, I, I had very one of his records. <laughs> I read your quotes in the Herald, uh, however, by, by the way, speaking of uh, quotes in the Herald. Yeah. Uh, regarding Dean Martin. Yeah, no, I, I was kind of hoping that uh, they would forget it and call me back later when I thought about it. But somebody hits you right off, like, what do you think of Dean Martin? And, uh, you know, I, in many ways I wanted to be like him because he's so suave, sophisticated, good-looking guy and everything. And I, he seemed like a guy who didn't take himself seriously, nice laid back. I mean, a lot of that I can identify with. But I was never a fan <laughs> of his singing, which is kind of no. like a third-rate Bing Crosby. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, I think I've said something offensive. Well, okay, anyway, this is Bernard Lavin, or Bernard Lanvin. <laughs> he was born in France, N-E-U-I-L-L-Y, I don't know how you pronounce that, Noy, Noy? No, yes. <laughs> anyway, fashion designer, 
Born on December 27th, and uh, we'll guess his age. Do we have any uh, any hints, any kind of uh, I just gave you that. I told you where he was dates? born. I told you he was a fashion designer. What more do you want? Did he, like, win the national, the International Designing Award in 1963 or anything that we might know about? I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something, something that we can say, I know he it. did this then, he must be this old <laughs> now. Isn't there, isn't, there a, isn't there a perfume or something, Lanvin? L-A-N-V-I-N? Not wearing perfume, I really couldn't tell you. Hmm. There is. Yeah. You're right. Is there, is there a Lanvin perfume? Uh -huh. Yes, there is. And it smells like chicken. That's <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Okay. I'm going to start with you this time, Kevin. Uh, what do you think? Bill? Oh, thanks. <laughs> I know it. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I think we're all in the same boat. I don't. I don't believe he's a, a household name. Well, this is only our third uh, item, by the way. Uh, I know. We, uh, how's that? I know it. Uh, well, we're, we're trying to stretch it to the thin <laughs> material that we have. Oh, I stretched it as far as I could. Sixty-five. Six, <laughs> I, right? I have no clue who this man is. No, I don't think anybody has. That's a, well, he's a he's a fashion designer. That yeah, not necessarily a good one, but he's a well. I'm a sure good not one. wearing anything he made. <laughs> What are you? What are you wearing now, honey? <laughs> <laughs> Jack isn't wearing anything. I'm wearing a ferret on my neck. <laughs> oh, yay. Jean. Actually, I'm more interested in what Jean's wearing. Than I, thank God for that. Jean, uh, how old do you think Bernard uh, Lanvin is, or Lanvin? Bernard Lanvin. Oh, let's see. Just crazy guess. 69. 69. Okay. What do you think, Arlene? 60. 60. And Val? Uh, 56. 50, 56? That was just yes, a... Yes, 50. 5-6. Okay. Uh, Mike? Oh, say, can you see? Uh, what? I, I have no idea. The, the national anthem <laughs> just came over me momentarily. Was I supposed to stand up? It was a patriotic uh, moment. Never mind. It's over. Forget it. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm standing at attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike just stood up when he said that, too. And it, it comes kind of a tear. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... 59. 59. Okay. Yeah. What would you say, Jack? Hmm. Bernard Levin. What? Bernard Levin. From... <laughs> Is that where he's from? <laughs> yeah. He's from New France. And did I ever tell you that, uh, Jacques, that uh, while well, we're in a French kind of mood, that vous avez... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Vous avez un visage comme un grand piece de fromage. <laughs> un grand vache. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever told you that or not, and I hate to break it to you right now, but I've had that locked up in my soul all this time. I see. Do you have any idea what I just said? Uh, you I believe you said that I've got a fray. My face is like a big wheel of cheese. I did say that, and, and like a cow also. That was the second part. Oh. Un <laughs> vache. I see. We're kind of milking this joke, aren't we? Oh. I hope tomorrow when we play the dumb birthday game, we don't have any more material than we have today because 
<laughs> it's sort of st guessing ages sort of gets boring after a while. Yeah. But just this kind of dialogue, this kind of fun give and take. This witty repartee. Oh, yeah. this it is, works. Th this it makes works. it does. It works, man. This is going to be a rebirth of radio based on this game. <laughs> <laughs> the holiday quiz show. Yes. Of the radio quiz show. Um, mm. Let's see. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Uh, he is. Uh, who has <laughs> he's sounds that you make are just they're just exciting. They're really exciting. He's got to be sixty-six. Sixty-six. Okay, actually, uh, Bernard Landvin is sixty, which is what Arlene said. Mm. All right, Arlene. Yeah, so Arlene All got right. that right on the button. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She knew something. Yeah, she she did. She knew something. Yep. How about? I didn't even know. Let's well, do. We can let, have time for for one more. We can have time for one more. Let's Yay. pick another well-known person. How about? Like the rest. No, this is William Howell Masters. <laughs> it says physician. I don't know whether he's Ooh. a GP or a guy that was on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. He's a physician. He must have done something. I don't know whether it was that. Maybe that could be Masters and Johnson of that part. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. It doesn't say. Just physician born in Cleveland, Ohio, and doesn't say even whether he makes house calls or anything. <laughs> Just a physician. Well, he is from Cleveland, and that'll age a person, I understand. <laughs> I, I, so I understand myself. So that's the only clue we have is that, that the good doctor is from Cleveland? He, that he was from Cleveland, that's correct. He was a good doctor from Cleveland. <laughs> that's is all we it, need. Yeah. Is he anybody in particular's doctor? No, it doesn't say. It just says oh, physician. physician. Physician, yeah. I bet it is Masters and Johnson. It might be Masters and Johnson. Why else would they have it in there? Who knows? Who knows who prints these things? Some lunatic somewhere. <laughs> Gee, you when beats did that me. Come out? What's that, please? When did that come out? That this book big, came. No, 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 no. The big report, the Masters and Johnson. Oh, Masters and Johnson. I don't know. Used to come sixties, wasn't it? Yeah, late late sixties, I thought. Yeah. Okay. What do you now, Val? What do you think? How old is uh, William Howell Masters? Hmm. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Unless it's Masters and Johnson, because they were kind of pioneers. Pick a number. Any number. Okay, I'll say 63. 63. Okay. And what would you say, Mike? I'd say 70. Mike would say 70. And uh, Arlene would say? 65. 65. Want her to repeat that? She's got a nice husky voice. It's really nice. One more time for the, for the West Coast. Go ahead. Sixty-five. Oh, oh, oh. wow! <laughs> Hello. Oh, with a roll. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> what do you think, Meg, Kevin? Sixty-four. Sixty-four. Okay. And Jack? Uh, let's see. If they're famous, well, they they did this big sex, the human sexual study, didn't they? That was Masters and Johnson. That's right. Yes. So, let's see. If that was in the sixties, let me see. It. Uh, let me see. Do do do. And you'd to be, but then you'd have to be wise enough to be reporting on it. And then, so how old would that be? You add six. <laughs> it's, oh, uh, he, uh, he's got to be. Ooh, uh, and, and for this, he we sounds need a, like he's in pain, yeah, doesn't for, he? For this, we need a fifty thousand watt clear channel station <laughs> that reaches all the way to Illinois and, and West Virginia and all over the place. What a waste of power this is, isn't it?
<laughs> he must be um, um, seventy-five. Okay. And uh, Gene, what do you say? Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Okay, William Howell Masters, and this is the exciting moment oh, when God, I reveal I can't his wait. age. Break it gently. He's 80. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That means that Jack, who said 75, even though he was, well, five years old, that's not too bad, uh, is the closest. So Jack has really got three out of four, the fourth one by Arlene. In Philadelphia, she's the good friend of that disc jockey, or that the right. talk guy up at KDK <laughs> Pittsburgh. Really. I don't know. <laughs> and probably Amy is your daughter. Is that true or false? No. <laughs> okay. I have nothing to do with her. I never even call that radio station. <laughs> no, that's okay. Anyway, thank you very much, all of you, for playing the game. It was, it was, kind of, it was fun, even though we, we were kind of short of everything. Let me, let me see who is one. I wonder if we can play this game tomorrow. Do you think anybody is one on the next day? <laughs> yeah. Let's see, that would be the 28th. I have a feeling we're going to go through the same thing again. Yeah. No, we, no, we get a few better, few, few better well-known people that, that day. So it will be a little... Well, we'll see anyway. That's not for 24 hours. Time will weigh heavy till then. A few Norm? people may be born. Norm. Yes, ma'am. Could I just say hello to Doris and Ed Cook? They are wonderful people and need them who listen to you all the time. Oh, well, that's very nice. You, this and, is Val? Uh, is we this? Uh, do a critique um, every time you're on, oh, on really? the radio. And, well, and Doris and I love you. I appreciate that. This is Val speaking out. Right. Hey, Val, thank you very much. We got to move. You're welcome. Bye. Okay, we got news coming up in about a half a minute. Gene, thanks a lot. Thank you. And uh, Kevin, I appreciate you being on with us. Thank you very much. Thank you, Norm. And you too, Arlene. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Bye. Take care. And, and of course, you too, big guy. Oh, that's Jack. That's oh. you. <laughs> I see. Well, thank you very much. Okay. And, uh, and of course, uh, to Mike Epstein and his RCA Bluebird recording. You seen his son, who's built just like him? No, no, I haven't seen the son. I forget his first name. His uh, obviously his last name is Mustel, also, but uh, it, it obviously runs in the family. That same fat look. But he would make faces that would. I mean, he didn't have to say anything. Just his expressions would drive me crazy. I'd start laughing. Yeah. And Terry Thomas was like that. He'd oh. get that sly look on his face. Terry Thomas is the guy with the uh, buck teeth that the were Dave, separated. Well, well, the yeah, the Dave Letterman look. Uh, well, he was a little more ugly than Dave Letterman. But no, was, I wasn't thinking ugly, but I'm thinking of the space between between his two front teeth. Yeah, but the reason why I'm saying this is because I'm pointing out that not only do beautiful people become successful movie stars, but ugly people who have tremendous character and, and looks that can drive you wild, you know, as, as far as hysterics. There was an old English movie actress. Whenever I saw her, I, I mean, that she was going to be in a movie, I would turn it on because she used to drive me crazy. I'd laugh at her all the time. And, and that was Margaret Rutherford. Remember her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she played the detective, didn't she, in a series? Yeah. Yeah, she was always involved in murder stories. But she was, she was always serious. But she was, she was to break me up because she was really funny being serious. Joyce Grenfell, because she was a comic more, but she was a British character actress in the movies. British uh, Joyce Grenfell. I, I don't know. I just thought I'd throw her name in. I can't just, remember her. 
She was in one movie that I really loved. It was uh, about a, a road race in England from London to Brighton Beach. What was that called? It was, the name of it was the name of one of the automobiles. And anyway, she she uh, was the clerk at an inn along the way where they stopped. They wanted to take a shower. And she says, there's, there's only hot water between two and a half past six. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember that line. I love that movie. I forgot the name of it. Yeah. Well, I got a funny face, so maybe I could get into movies too. Well, that depends on the kind of role. Obviously, there are, there are an awful lot of funny-looking faces, but they're the faces that make you laugh, and 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 so they're used as you know in character roles and stuff. You get not everybody can be beautiful like they are on television newscasts. Had, you remember Hattie McDaniel in Gone with the Wind? Yes. How she rolled up her eyes in her head and would say to Scarlett, you're just sitting there like a spider waiting for him to come into your web. I mean, she was so funny, too. I laugh. she, she would make me laugh just by the expressions on her face. Well, that's very true. Make you laugh, and, and I guess that's all part of it. There's a, a, a TV show running now on public television. I've, I've always forgotten the name of it. It's about a takes place in a department store, and all these characters are all funny-looking people, but they they all look like real people, and they're great actors and actresses, and they're very funny. Then that's good. Yeah, like no, that. no, no, no. You, you you got to have the funny-looking people, otherwise. How do you know who's good-looking? Think about that, and, and if you can make any sense out of what I just said, you're okay. I figured out who Helene is. Who's that? Helene, who calls you all the time. No, no, I know who she is, but I mean, who did you figure out who she was? She's Mrs. Fletcher. Mrs. Fletcher. Angela uh, Raspberry, what's her oh, name? Oh, you, oh, you mean, you think she, you, she looks like Angela Lansbury? Well, she talks like her, so I think that's who she is. <laughs> okay, that could be. <laughs> hey, you know something? You're okay, Fred. So are you, Norm. Talk okay. to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 Now. Okay. Let's see. I'm. I'm thinking about a birthday, Barry Graham. 1842. Oh, that's before my time. I was born in 1900. Yeah. Yeah. It was before my time too. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I lived there at a time when it's before my time or something. <laughs> um, no. I. It's. Uh, we moved out just after Pearl Harbor. I remember. So I haven't uh -huh. lived there in a very, very long time. No. That was a whole different world then. Well, for, there's not much we can do about that, is there? Time out. No. Time out is on. Uh, I keep calling you Vaughn. Why not? Your name's not Vaughn. What is your name? Pardon me? I'm sorry. Say that again, please. I was I getting... keep calling you Vaughn. Vaughn? Yeah. Well, that's all right. It's a nice, slight lane. Yeah, it's a nice it's name, a... But, but what is your name? What is my name? Hmm. You, you come on and you tell me no, about this wonderful your name station. Is now and and you don't even know my name, and oh, oh this is humiliating. I'm, you, I'm getting older every day. Oh, you're getting older in my my m mind uh, every second. My goodness. <laughs> People say I'm getting younger, though. Are they lying? Yeah, oh, they're sure they're, they are. They're, they sure are oh, lying. It was, uh, Norm, it was Carmel. Carmel, California. Carmel, yes. As a matter of fact, that was the message I was just getting. And the movie that I was trying to think of was Genevieve. Oh, Somebody yeah, call nice. us about that, too. Nice girl. I used to drink beer with her father. You're a wonderful wonderful old uh, person, uh, Alice. Uh -huh. i got to move along anyway, but I thank you very much for the call. And I don't know what else What else, What else? else can you say. Let's go to Ruth down at hey, Buzzards Bay down there on, at the entrance to the Cape. Hi. Hi, Ruth. How are you? Okay, how are you doing? Okay, 
and I'm and I'm glad to hear because um, that I think it's a good thing that you are well. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a good thing what? That you are well. Oh, that I am well. Yes, I think that's a good okay, thing. Okay, I have um, and I love your uh, dumb birthday uh, game. Yes. I really do. I, I look forward to that. Well, I'm I'm pleased to hear that. <laughs> and um, I want to ask you if you would do me a favor day in honor of the famed first baseman. I don't know how famed she is. I hadn't heard of her before this. Red Sox Vice President Lou Gorman will present a proclamation at Warren Town Hall. Murphy's historic Major League appearance occurred August 14, 1922 when she played for the American League All-Stars in a 3-2 win against the Red Sox. Oh, she played for the other team. Anyway, she played two of the 10 innings in the charity game, in her only time at bat, she grounded out to short. And But at first base, as a first baseman, she was errorless. Nobody, this is from uh, Dick Reynolds, a former sports writer for the Providence Journal Bulletin, said, nobody has ever given Lizzie credit for her accomplishments. I have to, he talks like that. He talks just like John Wayne. One reason, I think, he says, is because in sports, fame is fleeting. So in addition to having a day named after her in Warren, Murphy will be inducted into the Rhode Island Heritage Hall of Fame next month. Anyway, when she she was 24 when she uh, she's uh, apparently she she played for a lot of local teams as a teenager while she worked at a mill in Warren. She was 24 when she joined joined the All-Stars, the Boston All-Stars. That was a semi-pro team of former Major League players. For the uh, next 17 years, she played more than 100 games a season, traveling the eastern United States and Canada. And apparently got along well with other players, according to the story. And uh, like that, she was, I guess she, she didn't make the big league semi-pro. She got to the semi-pros, but played against the Red Sox in that special game. She received $5 a game plus a share of whatever players would collect in a hat and hat that was passed through the stands. That's the way they got paid. It's kind of funny when you think of the kind of money they get these days. To supplement her salary, she would sell dime postcards of herself in uniform between innings. She retired from baseball in 1935 at the age of 41, married the mill supervisor, eventually went back to working in the mill, and occasionally she'd work on shell fishing boats uh, to support herself after her husband died. But uh, she she lived till July 27, 1964. She died then at the age of 70. But she played in the uh, in professional baseball anyway, if not the big leagues. Lizzie Murphy, thank you very much. And I'll talk more about her some other time, but I think that's about it for now. longer exists. No. There's a Hale Hospital now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she she uh, grew up mostly on 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 Mount Washington, on top of oh, the hill. Oh yeah, towards Freeman Street and like that. That that area, that's right. Observatory Avenue and uh, yeah. And uh, what is that? There was an uh, observation tower up there. Yeah. At the time, was. I forget what they call that. Uh, anyway, that was at the top of the hill. And she anyway, she went to. Uh, she was married on Pilling Street, I guess, I'm which is right up that way too. And I lived on, on Freeman Street in the Freeman block. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And I was married from there. Son of us, <laughs> we have a lot in common, Irene. Don't we, son huh? Of our, son of a gun, yeah. A lot of years passed. Yeah, well. I, I remember going up to the uh, up to Mount Washington. My my grandfather, or my mother's mo father and, and yeah. her mother, his, her folks had uh, a place up on the top of the hill. And... Uh, uh, what is that? It's Washington Street, and we'd sit yeah. on the sit on his front porch in one of those big old front porches. Yeah. My cousin and I on rocking chairs. Yeah. And sit uh, out there and rock and, rock and, and watch the cars. People. Yeah, watch the cars go by. And and actually, what we were watching mostly <laughs> were the girls going by. That's true, Norman. Yeah. You can't miss them. Can oh we? no, no, I, I never <laughs> wanted to miss them. But we'd look at the cars going by, and and we, yeah. my cousin Irving, we'd say. <clears throat> Boy, there's a nice car. I'd like that one. Yeah. Oh, that, I don't like that car. That's uh, we, we, we spent hours t talking about nothing. The old Ford. Oh, with yeah. The rumble seat. That's right. The, I, I, I resented when they stopped making rumble seats. I thought they 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 just killed the whole business. The yeah. cars were made to have rumble seats. Where are they now? Were they, huh? <laughs> yeah. And the exhaust pipe was the heat that you got when it was winter time. In the front of the car. Yeah, right? the cars were well. Usually, I remember my father putting the car up for the winter. He wouldn't uh, register until about April first. Oh yeah. Uh, he put it up in blocks. Sometimes I don't know. He took the wheels off or not. Yeah, to keep the rubber off the car. Yeah, and then on April first, uh, out out he would go and crank it up, and the little skinny. Uh, fend, the well, the fenders too were little skinny things. They yeah. start to vibrate, and you'd smell the gas. And it was kind of an exciting moment. The car is ready for the spring season now, ready to go out for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> and we take we we people would actually go out for a Sunday drive just That's for a ride. Right. I mean, we now you now you now you like that with it. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't do that now. You never think of doing this. No well, way. Let's get in the machine and go for a ride. Yeah. And, you know, go get an ice cream or something. It's kind of funny that times were so different, and and yet it's still this century. It wasn't. We're not talking like seventeen hundred or something. Yeah. But our attitude was quite different about a whole lot of things. That's true. Norman, your dad came from Lawrence. Yeah, he was actually born in Boston, but his family moved to Lawrence. I guess when he was only about four or five, and he grew up in Lawrence. That's right. Whereabouts? You know, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. See, my mother's folks still, in fact, some of us, not her folks, but some of her some of her family still lives in Haverhill, so I know about that because we'd go back there. Yeah. But uh, my father's folks moved out to California oh, I you know, very, very early, back in the late 20s, I think. And so I never I never was quite sure, although we have, we have, Still have family that own, until recently, has owned some stores in downtown Lawrence. That's right. Like there Kols, Kols, too many now, yeah, though. Kolsky Jewelry. That that was our family. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I... but I I don't remember ever. We never went to Lawrence to visit anybody. Although my my grandfather, my father's father is is is, uh, is buried there, but he died way, way back in the early part of the century. Yeah. I'm telling you more than you really care to know. And I'm no, really no, getting I'm really getting no. boring. My husband came from Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, he was Italian. He was Italian? Yeah. What right had he to be Italian? <laughs> I like the way you say that. He was <laughs> Italian. Like, that's why he was born in Lawrence? No, his uh, mother and father came from Italy, but all the children were born in Lawrence. Well, what a blessed... Yeah. Childhood they had being growing up in Lawrence. That's true. <laughs> oh, My children did too. Yeah. 
It was quite a city at one time. They had a whole bunch of they had kind of a kind of a Broadway, the theater section there with about five theaters in a row. Yep, there's no more there at all anymore. No, there aren't any. There there was the last one was I forget what it was called. It was right off the square. The Paramount? No, this no. Those were gone. Those were gone a long oh, time ago. Oh, uh, you mean uh, one, one right off of Essex Street? Uh, yeah, I know the one. You I mean, forget I what they call. The anyway, yeah, they have they have the uh, cinemas one through ninety seven yeah. out on Route one fourteen there now, but no downtown theaters anymore. No, no, nothing at all. Oh, it's so sad, Irene. Sad, 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 <laughs> sad, sad. It's sad. sad now. Oh, sad, sad. We have to lock our doors and everything. I never lock my doors. <laughs> well, I tell you, people, that's, how there, it is. that's the way life life is, yeah. But I have a wonderful family. I have a lot of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Yeah. And you have no grandchildren. Oh, sure, rub it in. Sure, Irene, sure. Your daughter's got married and has some children. Oh, so sure, rub my, rub, my, rub, rub, rub my nose in it, Irene. So, no, I want to be a grandfather. I'd like to be a grandfather. But I can't, I, you know, I, I shouldn't say this on the air. I, I mean, know. It, it. That, that's kind of personal, whatever they would that's like to true. do is okay with me. I have a great-granddaughter. Her name is Carissa. But her name is what? Carissa. Carissa, that's a yeah. pretty name. And she's about 18 months old. Oh. And every child should have a mother and father like she has. They're good they're people. They're so good to her. They teach her things and everything. <laughs> and if she okay. does something wrong, all her mother has to do is raise her voice a little, and she knows she's done something wrong. And Carissa says, although <laughs> I cannot speak to you, you can tell by the look in my eye, I've got the message, kids. She's got great, big, beautiful brown eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, we must be boring the hell out of everybody in the world. Right? I'm talking it. about our kids and our growing up in Lawrence and Haverhill That's and all that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But maybe we're not. Maybe some people are listening and saying, I wish they'd continue this I discussion that, forever. Yeah. Because I had a beautiful life. I've been yeah. a widow for 25 years. So mm. That's the only sad part about it. I know, it. I know it. Yeah, that's true. But tough. I got some beautiful children and grandchildren and well, great-grandchildren. Well, I'm I, a very lucky woman. Yeah, you. that's a nice way to look at it, Irene. Yeah. You're okay. You're yeah. okay, Irene. Well, I, it was nice I, talking to you, Nice Mom. talking to you about the old days in Lawrence and Have. Bye, I George. Will. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful doing that, going back through the years and talking yeah. to Averill and Lawrence. That's true. Okay, thanks Taking for the call. The trolley car down. Oh, well, that's, we'll have to save that for another call. Okay, Dumbass. Take care, dear. Good night, dear. Bye-bye. Oh, I tell you, those were the days. Kids were so honest then and so wonderful. And kids today, oh, music was wonderful. Theater was wonderful. The music, uh, the, the movies, we were wonderful. Everything was wonderful. Now it really sucks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that for a minute. But that's the way old people are supposed to talk. I'll be back in a moment. But first, oh, this damn commercial, we're going to have to itch, scratch a lot. Right. Yeah, because I went in and I found, you know what I found? I found a little piece of an eggshell. Now, I don't remember whether that's from last year or whether they actually laid an egg and then said, whoops, we will never let him find it, and then pecked away at it till it was gone. Because hands have a tendency sometimes to eat their own eggs. Sometimes they do that, yeah. And I, I, but I, you know, as I mentioned last year, the first egg was laid like uh, the end of February. And it, you know, it doesn't make sense for it not to have been produced anything by now. I'm going to have to scold them. Uh, now I'm going to change the subject again drastically. Okay. Drastically would be good. Yes. Who was, who do you think, who, who in your mind was the best big land 
big band leader. Oh, gee, there were so many really good ones, but the ones the ones that I like, and these these not necessarily the best ones, but I mean I'm I'm a big I was always a big Count Basie fan. I loved his stuff. I loved uh, Duke Ellington. I, here's a man who was uh, an American genius, a man who you know composed such great stuff, really for his band to play. Uh, Woody Herman had a, an excellent band, always very youthful. He always hired very young people and young arrangers. So even as years went by, the band never sounded dated or, or old-fashioned. It was always youthful and and vital. Um, I liked the Buddy Rich band, maybe a little bit less. I thought, the, but but I did like the Buddy Rich band. That kind of stuff. Earlier there were bands like uh, Jimmy Lunsford and the Fletcher Henderson and some of those. And of course you can't knock other bands like like uh, Benny Goodman and stuff. But but. Uh, my favorite all-time band probably was Count Basie, and and probably and and along with the Duke Ellington, those two. Hey, what what I wanted to ask is, and hey, that was a leading question. That was kind of a long answer too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quiet now. Uh, I, I was just reading an article. It's my computer crashed a while ago, and I I, I work on the computer at night, and I turn the radio on. And I've been listening to you while I was working on the computer, and the com computer crashed. So I picked up an old uh, uh, New Yorker magazine, and there's an article in it about uh, Duke Ellington, mm. and quite a long article. And it seems like the article says that you know Duke Ellington was probably the premier American music genius. He certainly rates up there, yeah, because I used the word genius just to, to, when I was talking to you just now. Yeah. Um, yeah, his stuff was, was, was incredibly beautiful, beautifully done, yeah. And he was one of the few, you know, he, he used the orchestra as, uh, as something to compose for. You know, he'd, he'd write special he material for... He didn't do anything for himself. Well, how do you mean? It, 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 it seems, well, the article that I read, the, the, the story that I read... He composed for the band. Yes, but uh, a lot of that was, you know, piano stuff which he played. Right, but he what he did was he took everyone's strengths and weaknesses, and some of his band me band members were there for twenty years, thirty years. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, but he had the, the longevity of his musicians were you know was great. Yeah, that's true. And the, the sad part about it is, he did in in order to keep his music together, and which I'm sure he did. It was his genius. He wanted something. He wanted something to happen. And in order for it to happen, he wanted the same people to make it happen. He kept his band together by putting them on the road all the time. Well, I, I think he kept them together because they wanted to be together. You, here you've got a leader who is, a, you know, who is incredible, yeah. incredible uh -huh. musician, and he's writing material for you, like for Johnny Hodges, who's a great alto saxophone player, with, with, was with the band forever. Uh -huh. uh, why would you leave a band like that when you got, it's one of the greatest bands that ever existed. You wouldn't want to leave. Uh -huh. So it wasn't a question of him keeping them together by keeping them on the road or keeping, that kind well, of no, stuff. No, keeping them paid, I guess. Oh, keeping, yeah, that's right. Keeping them the bottom line. Okay, yeah. keeping them working, sure. Yeah. Sure. That's true. Basie broke up his band at one point. It had a small group and then 
reorganize the band. There were some tough times for many band leaders, but I guess it, it's true. Ellington seemed to keep the band going right through all of that. Yeah, and, and it must have been fun playing with him. And he comes out with another piece, and it's designed for you as the, say, as the tenor saxophone player or as the trumpet player or, or for a whole section. I, lovely band, anyway. Who wrote, do you recall who wrote the article? Um, I have it here in front of me. Was, it, was it Whitney Ballet or Balliet? No, I'd have to get to the beginning of the damned article here. Usually in the New Yorker, the... Uh, Whitney uh, Balliet. What, pardon me? Whitney Belliott. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, he's yeah. an excellent writer. He he can describe a trumpet solo that makes you almost hear it. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, a fantastic, fantastic article. Yeah. I, I'm not real familiar with uh, with music. I, I love to listen to it, obviously. Uh, what is 32 beat? Well, that's that's the uh, that's the length of a song. Oh, you said 32 beats or 32 bars? 32 beats. 32 beats. I don't know. We'll get... We'll, I, okay. My, prob that, my, pro my problem is i got to get to the news, and, and i got a commercial before that. And that's getting me off the hook, because if you get too technical, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know that much. you're getting off the hook. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting off the hook. I'll admit that. I'll admit oh, that, boy. I'm, I'm that kind of a guy, Mike. You can just let me down just like that. <laughs> I may not call next weekend. Call next weekend, and I'll give you some answers to that, okay? Thanks a lot. Okay, Mike. Yeah, take bye -bye. care. Take care. You're correct. I Are they house cats? Yes, yes. Well, they go out, you know, and stuff. But uh, one one doesn't go out at all, hardly. I mean, you you got to push her out the door. <laughs> but the other two come in and out, but they're in the house most of the time. Are they old? Yeah, I think they are. I've had them so long, I, I'm not sure their age. Um, Did you have them neutered? Oh, yeah. No, all the animals are neutered, including the horse. Except the, the hands. I didn't neuter the hands. <laughs> but with the horse, the, we have a couple of dogs. Male and female, they're both neutered, and uh, three cats are neutered, yes. Yeah. So I think everybody should do that. Oh, I do, too. Do you ever go through the Friends of Animals? I'm not sure I know exactly what that is. They are great. Um, they provide services to have all your animals, dogs and cats, neutered. And if you send away, I think they're based in Connecticut, and they will send you a certificate to bring to your vets, and for $25, you can have your cat or dog neutered. Well, that's a good and thing. You go through the Friends of Animals. Yeah, that's a good thing. I think all, all people should do oh, that. Because um, there, there are so many animals, dogs and cats, that have to be put away because they can't find homes for them. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a shame. Uh, so, so that's a good idea. No, I, I was not aware of that. I know that... Uh, very often when, say, you're adopting a pet, which is also a very good idea because you can get some awfully good animals at, 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 at humane shelters and stuff. And very often they won't uh, give the animal to you unless you, you, you agree to have them neutered or they, they neuter them there, you know, and that kind of stuff. But I think, I think that's important. Yeah, I think that's very, very important. So well, you're okay, Mayor. How many cats do you have? Well, I used to have six. <laughs> oh, my. But now I live in an elderly complex and I'm down to one. Okay. And it's nice because they allow you to have a cat okay. in an elderly complex. Does your house smell from cat? No. Okay, because mine does. I'm always afraid when somebody comes to visit. That's surprising because usually if you have them neutered, they don't smell. The no, well, I'm thinking not so much of that part of it, but the fact that... Uh, 
their their movements uh, somehow of uh, I don't know uh, maybe maybe I just don't clear out the litter box. Let's see what you feed them, Norm. It might be that. See, I'm trying to be a sex symbol, and here I'm talking about the cats with their bowel movements. Well, I'd, which rather, kind hear of that. I'd rather hear that, Norm. Okay. Norm, right. it was nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, Mary. Take care. Oh, Norm. Yes. Do you live anywhere near Boston Street? In uh, no, I live no, I live on the other side of town. Oh. Uh, but you you know Middleton, obviously. Yeah, I have friends in Middleton, n near Boston Street. Okay. Now that's the only area I know. Oh, you know, that's a pretty area. That's that's yeah. the other side of uh, Route 114. When I go through Middleton, I always say, now, is this where Norm lives? Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, Boston Street is Route 62 and 114 is that. No, I live on the other side, more toward Danvers on one side and Boxford, Topsfield, the other side, that side. I see. Okay, Norm. Okay. Thank take, you for talking to me. You're welcome, Mary. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that's my friend Mary. She's okay. Sort of legitimatizes our meetings <laughs> when you were Princess Cheyenne at the uh, Naked Eye in Boston. And um, I went down to Providence for the Foxy lady. And now you're, you guys are up, both of you, uh, up in Matthews. I didn't realize there was a... A club of that type. Really? Up in Kingsboro. I thought that was... I thought there was a staid... Little, it is. little Middlesex County town up there. I yes. didn't think in the midst of all that there'd be a place like Matthews. Yeah, true. Well, the town isn't too appreciative, or some members of the town. I think a lot of members of the town are very appreciative that it's there, actually. <laughs> but I think some certain members of the town aren't too pleased with it at has, all. Has the club been there very long? Two months. Oh, this is a brand new thing. Yeah, brand new. And it, there was a big deal because the town, you know, was threatening to strike. and I mean, not strike, I'm sorry. Slate, pick it in front of the club and yeah. carry on. So, have, have you been the the, the uh, victim of any kind of hostility? What no, did they say? No. Hey, she's in there stripping and stuff. Let's go get her. You, no, I would no, love no. that though. <laughs> <laughs> really? Controversy? Yes. Confrontation <laughs> is my field. Okay. Now, Montana, you're 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 pretty young, aren't you? You look like you're about fourteen. No, I'm twenty-seven. <laughs> I'm supposed to, the voice is, is 14, but the body is, is 27. Have you have you been a stripper very long? Ten months. Ten months. Do you do you recall the first time? Was that really tough? Um. Did you have to get drunk or anything no, to brace yourself? No. I, no. I went down to amateur night at the Foxy Lady, and it was fun. I had a good time. You, uh, I'm a natural. <laughs> a natural, a natural what? She <laughs> what is, what it's is, true. Is she a natural? She is, yeah, in the middle of a middle of a dance, she'll all of a sudden break into a tap dance, Spanish dance. <laughs> it's wild. She's no, absolutely the, the wild. Guys are really responsive and they're sweet they and they make it fun for you. So you have a good time when they're having a good time. Is that, are you using your real voice? Is that the way yeah, you really is. talk? Oh, that, yeah. my is real voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, because it's very sweet. It's so different. You, you, there's no, there's no getting you. Your voice is mixed up. You two. What <laughs> oh. one fella called me, uh, uh, Lucy. Lucy, who, who dances. You still use Princess? Well, Jane? I'm using Lucy up there because that way, when guys yell Lucy over here for a table dance, it's a lot easier than saying Princess Cheyenne over here for a table dance. So I figure I'm maybe making a few extra bucks off of using a shorter name. But you know, <laughs> a fella called from uh, Pennsylvania. And he and he's uh, he's obviously he's interested in in you, but both of you, as a matter of fact. I know right now he's probably interested in Montana too. <laughs> anyway, he he wanted to know how to approach a woman so that she would not, you know, he would not be a total turnoff for her. The lines like I always think of uh, of an old 
I forget who used to use this. He would uh, he would sidle up to a woman and say, "Excuse me, did I drop my Congressional Medal of Honor in your banana split?" Something like that. What what kind of a line would guys use that would make sense to you? I'm, I'm, am I getting too heavy here with all of this stuff? How about some of the ones that don't make sense? Yeah, what kind of lines do you hear? That what don't time make do you get off work? Oh God, I love that. <laughs> It, it reminds me of uh, we, used to, we used to do uh, programs from uh, auto shows and stuff like that, you know, on a remote trailer and stuff. And I remember the lines that you, especially auto shows, they always use models and stuff who stand right. up there with the cars. And everybody who uses this line always giggles a little bit afterwards, like, boy, didn't I come up with a swell line? And it, you've heard it eight million times, and I wonder if the women who, 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 are, who are the models they must get sick to their stomach. They'll say, hey... You come with a cat, <laughs> <laughs> and then they chuckle like, "Boy, did I just did I just come up with a clever line?" Yeah, right. So you you hear How probably the, the same kind of lines all the time. But what besides what time do you get off? Are there other kind of typical ones that come popping up from time to time? Well, sometimes when you do a table dance, they say things like. What else do I get for this ten dollars? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> the answer is nothing, nothing, which is kind of kind of uh, you'll pardon the expression anticlimactic. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a phrase that ought to be used in this particular circumstance <laughs> or not. I think men have a hard time taking women that are naked or partially naked seriously as far as dating. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, maybe for lustful purposes, they consider us, you know, as possible dates for that particular evening. But right. in the daylight, real life, I think that, you know, they don't say happen that way. They don't say, have you read uh, Henry Kissinger's latest no. book on the Middle East solutions or anything no, like that? that they, no. they don't go. And yet you're bright people. Yeah, I, I know you. I know you're bright, Lucy. I assume that you're bright too, Montana. Are you bright, or are you kind of a stupid person? No, I don't think I'm stupid at all. No, Montana. No, no, I know. I, I know you're not. I'm. I'm sorry. Say, say that again. No, she's not at all. She's very smart. Very smart. What, what kind of a background do you have, Montana? Um. Well, I went to college for marketing, and I worked in the fashion industry for about eight years. And um, and actually, I was. What well, can I say? Where I worked. <laughs> yeah. I love these, these, I was, these stage whispers. Yeah, sure, okay, go ahead. No, actually, I was working for a company called Rika before I started dancing. Oh, is it Rika? Rika. It's a women's athletic footwear company. Oh, I see, yeah. And, um... And then I started dancing, and I started making more money in one night than I did in a whole week. <laughs> so, and I said, goodbye. <laughs> so that, that was it. But the first time, the first time you danced in public like that... Uh-huh. Uh... Obviously, didn't bother you, you're saying. No, I mean, I, I, when I was going to college in New York, after I was working in the industry for a while, I, um, I studied acting. So I was, in, I was used to being. It's like role playing when you're dancing. You know, I'm, I'm being someone's fantasy. So it's a role, and you know, you just Norm, have a good time. You have to ask her this, right? What? <laughs> well, because we were working at the Foxy Lady, which of course. I tell you what, would you, could you hold? I we sure got, could. We, we news? got news coming up. That's yeah. right. And right after that, we'll continue that. This is known as a teaser. A teaser. And you guys <laughs> ought to know about that kind of business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 254 <laughs> 1030. If you want to talk to uh, Montana or to Lucy, give us a call. Or that'd be kind of fun. You don't really get a chance to talk to these women because they're kind of on stage and everything. Or maybe you do. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We have Lucy Johnson and Montana. 
and her RCA Bluebird recording orchestra with us. <laughs> uh, they are they are uh, uh, dancers at a place in uh, in Kingsborough called Matthews, and uh, Lucy Lucy uh, danced as Princess Cyan. I was going to say many years ago, but you're you know you're a young person. Couldn't have been that long. Eighteen ago. years. You've been dancing eighteen years. Mm -hmm. For a little punk kid like you, that I can't believe that. And Montana is uh, just a year, ten, ten, months. ten months, ten, ten months. months. Okay. <laughs> and I mentioned, uh, but now both, both, both work at uh, Matthews. They're both strippers, and, uh, uh, and uh, Lucy, as Princess Cheyenne, was at the hallowed stage. I'm, I'm reading Tony Nesbitt's notes here. Oh, says you stripped from the hallowed stage. Of the naked eye in Boston's infamous combat zone, which doesn't hardly does not exist anymore, no. or anything, uh, to the Foxy Lady in Providence, and she says she now thrills the crowds at the Matthews in Tingsboro, and it says she'll be bringing a couple of friends with her for an evening we'll never forget. He brought one, and I haven't forgotten it yet. Well, the, these are the other two. <laughs> Friends? What's that? These mean? were the other two friends. Oh, I see. Yeah, they don't speak. Well, that sounds like that bad joke they used to do about the. Uh, what is her name? The, uh, the the blonde country and western singers been in movies. Dolly. Oh, Dolly Parton. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dolly Parton, and here they come, or something like that. Anyway, there are a lot of apparently a lot of guys would like to talk to you. But before wait, you I want to finish that. I want you to ask her that question. Oh yeah, no, the yeah. question was what? Because you were talking about how it felt the first time. Yes. Right. Well, see, Matthews is nude. Oh. Oh, right. Oh, oh. Matthews, oh, no, no, nude dancing. Nude dancing, not topless, nude. Oh, to All comes to off. total nude. Total nude. Oh. So, Montana, in, in talking about coming to work there, oh, I don't know if I can do it. I can't. No, I'll just dance there. I'll just dance. No, there are other girls that don't take their bottoms off, one. but I, So that's what I'm going to do. Well, Norm, ask her what she did on her first, first song dancing there. Oh, what? <laughs> well, I, heard, I heard my cue on the way out about new dancers, and I thought I'd walk in the door. <laughs> no, I'll right. have a seat. <laughs> my on my lap. <laughs> lap dancing. Lap dancing. Lap dancing in Norm's room. Na, 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 na. <laughs> We're taking calls from $10. people. Will you will you speak 20. quiet? Because you're still enough to young enough to be my daughter, and I'll slap you. <laughs> Mainly because I find that's a turn on too, and I hope you do. Oh, Daddy! <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. At one time, I used to do a program called a Classical Album and call myself Norman Nathan because I wanted to be a little more dignified. I really slid a whole lot since Lip. those days. Let me tell you. It smells really nice in here. It really yeah. does. I was gonna, I was a hell of a lot better it does when you're just in here by yourself. <laughs> well, when I'm here by myself, there's a manly smell. I heard a manly aroma. And I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, Montana, about oh. uh, your folks, because you you live with your folks, yeah. and they know what you're doing, and they don't they they haven't offered objections. <laughs> um, well, when I first started dancing, I was honest with them. They they knew, and um, they weren't happy about it. They, but they said to me they would they would never tell me that I couldn't because they're not that kind of people. They know that I have to make my own decisions and, um, you know now you know I'm paying all my own bills. I got a new car. Excuse now me. what about what about? Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> pretend you never said that. I didn't say that. No. What about what about now? What about you? Because you're not married. No, I'm single. Now, this, the, 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 do men feel intimidated, or, or or do they? Is that more of a come on because of what you do? Maybe we should ask Tony. Uh, Tony, how do you I feel about him that? looking at her a little bit? That's why uh, I, I don't want to ask well, Tony. I saw him looking at her, kind of with little doe eyes. Well, he's looking at what both that? of you with yeah. lust in his eye. That's the kind of guy he is. But I'm wondering, like for dates and stuff like that, does that does that slow down your dates, or does that get you more dates? So I've just wondered if. Well, I'm not seeing anybody right now, and um, I don't know. I don't know. I think guys think it's interesting, but the last boyfriend that I had, well, the boyfriend before the last boyfriend, he had a <laughs> he had a problem with it. Yeah. He didn't he didn't like it, and um, he couldn't deal with it, and so I had to let him go. You had to let him go. Yep. I love that. I see. That's I love a, that. That's an interesting you know, way to phrase it. I think it's a great way for girls to be independent, make a good living. There's a lot of single mothers, college students that do this. In fact, I'm going back to school and. You know, it's better than sitting behind a desk making $200 a week. Well, I would say so. I you find know? that to be so, too. Yeah, that's, Funny, why that's I, what I do here. Yeah, <laughs> I know it. Maybe you ought to think of new dancing. I think you'd be well, good at it, Tony. Yeah. Oh, no. You slim down. You look very nice. Thank you. Yeah, he, does, he does look okay. Very foxy. Yeah, I think you're turning these ladies on, yeah. Tony, and I resent that. Oh, I, I have to say I'm one more sorry, thing, though, no. about my parents. I know that, you know, my father's really pushing for me to get in school and get this over with. He doesn't want me to do this forever, you know, yeah. but um, they're, they're cool. I have to say my parents have been very cool about the whole thing. Oh, that's, that's, that's very, very nice. What are you going back to school for? I'm going back to school for hairdressing because I want to own my own business. I want to have my own salon. Excellent. Let's take some phone calls now. This is Mark who is in uh, Newton. Hi, Mark. Hi, Norm. How you doing? Good. Hello to you and your wonderful guests. Hi. Hi. Hello, Mark, to you and yours. Say, Norm, I told you this before, and, and now I'm getting aggravated because, you know, 20 years ago, I auditioned for a job at a local radio station, and I was trying to decide on a career between cartooning and radio. Yeah. And this is a true story. The swing factor was that someone said to me to go into cartooning because it's a great way to meet women. <laughs> So, Norm, why am I here working right on a deadline? Hello. And you're here surrounded by beautiful women. What did I do wrong? Uh, you, you, you think the wrong profession. <laughs> no, obviously. Yeah. I tell you, uh, you know, I've been in radio, as you probably know, and, and people are always surprised that it's because I'm such a good-looking, youthful person. It still shocks me today. Yeah, it still shocks the fact that I've been in radio this long. But I've been uh, in the parts of radio where you didn't sit around with beautiful women and sit around giving race results and all that kind of stuff for a lot of years. I, were, I had to work very hard to work my way up to this point where I can be surrounded by these... Uh, these good-looking ladies. Oh, I see. And, uh, it's I'm, something like that you reach during after you've paid your dues. So I've to pay your dues, and then you get to this point where it, it comes naturally, and they throw themselves at you. <laughs> <laughs> I would I appreciate if you guys wouldn't laugh when I make statements <laughs> like that. We know how true it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, what are you working on now, Mark, uh, in the cartooning? Right now, I'm working yeah. on um, an Aladdin coloring book. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, wow. it's actually it's based on the sequel to Aladdin where mm -hmm. Jafar returns. It's a lot of fun. Because wow. uh, you you do a lot of work for the Disney studio. I was studios. Just gonna say that. Yeah, no, you, yeah, he does. We talked about that last time. Yeah. You do a freelance for Disney. They they assign you certain kinds of things to do and you Yeah, do different that. projects based on different films and things like that. 
Um, That's pretty I, neat. Yeah, it's fun. I just yeah. finished up a little mermaid comic book and stuff like that. It's, it's oh. interesting. Um, so I wanted to mention to Lucy, I've, I've heard you on the radio before. I just wanted to say that um, you're a great spokesperson for the profession. I really, I mean, you're very straightforward and honest. And I, I, I don't know, I just enjoy the, the, uh, the fact that you're, I don't know, you're just a great spokesperson for it. In Montana, I mean, you both sound very well adjusted, and you you really give a lot of credence to this profession. Thank, Thank you. That's a nice thing to say. Thank Anytime. you very much, Margaret. Oh, my pleasure. Thank, and good luck on the cartoon. My daughter will look forward to the next coloring book. <laughs> How old is your daughter? Four. You have the one child? Yeah. Four years old. Four years old. And what's her first name? Tori. Oh, that's pretty. Tori. Yeah. yeah. Of course, if you said her name was Max, I would have said that's pretty, too. I don't know. Anything you say sounds pretty to me. Is it all Disney stuff she's into us? Yeah. Well, no, actually, she really likes Popeye and... Um, really? Home Alone and... <laughs> Is yeah. she into um, Barney? Uh, no. Oh, we God. hate Barney together. <laughs> thank God. Uh, yeah. Let's go to uh, Lynn. I love you. Uh, here's Neil from uh, Lynn. Hi, Neil. You're on WBZ. Hi, Neil. Hi, Hi Neil. ladies. Hello. Um... <laughs> Could you um, sparkle my imagination by uh, giving me your measurements? <laughs> Wait, Norm, no, Neil, could you wrap, wrap the measuring tape around? That's it. Now go okay. around to the front. Okay. Right. Yeah. Nipple yeah. level. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say? Yeah, the, it says, oh, is it 48 uh, it says, or 49? No, oh. it's, it's, it oh. doesn't say. Now, don't exaggerate. <laughs> it says, uh, it says, <laughs> Zowie Jinkers. <laughs> yeah. Now, their, their measurements triple are... Triple D. Yeah, that, will you stop? I am a triple D. Why should yes. I stop? Are you a triple D? Uh, yes, she yes. is. Well, 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 can you be like a 22 triple D? There's other parts to that. I wear a 36 triple D in case you'd like to send a bra, carrot, you know, send a care of Norm Nathan and he'll forward it to me. That's right, too. <laughs> I love bras. I may, put, I may put it under my pillow for a few nights <laughs> and have fantasies, but I'd get it to you eventually. No, they're both, they're both very attractive and uh, very well, as we used to say. Endowed. <laughs> I get excited just saying that. Word. Oh, oh, You're we, walking uh, that so fine line again. I know. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. If <laughs> George Westinghouse is listening, oh, he's rolled over in yeah, his grave. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is the end of my entire life and my career tonight. And it'll be your fault, so you'll owe me. Don't forget that too. You can come live in the cabana. <laughs> okay. What else would you like to know, Neil? Um, and I'm afraid to ask that question. Well. Um, <laughs> Have those have the women ever um, heard of Howard Stern and their opinions? Oh, oh nobody cares. Please don't He's mention Howard Stern. I mean, the man is a zilch. You should know better yeah, than that. Neil, yeah, I'm going to Neil. have Neil's a, you know, I'm, I'm going to before. He's a legit guy. How can he say something? I don't know. Yeah. I just hung up on him. I can't. I cannot stand that kind of talk. We'll go to two five four ten thirty is our number. By the way, this is Dan, who's out in Littleton, Massachusetts, up near uh, Boxborough, and that way. Hi, Dan. Precariously Hello. close to Tingsboro, I think. That's Hi. Right. Hi. Tingsboro's not I'm too I'm a first-time caller, so I'm a little bit uh, nervous here, but that's all right. I'm nervous when I'm sitting with these guys. I don't all, ever know what they're going to say. Well, we were all nervous on that first time, so, you know. <laughs> right. What would you, would you like I've to... I've been listening to you, Norm, for quite a long time, so just saying hi, I enjoy your program. Thank you very much, Dan. I and appreciate that. saying hi to the lovely ladies there, who Hello. I have seen, and they, they actually know who I am. Oh, you, you really? seen, you've been to the club and seen yes, them? Yes, I have. Yeah. What's your name again? Dan. 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 And I drop origami all over the place. You drop what? Origami. <gasps> Wait, do oh, you make those Oh, yeah. Yes. 
Margaret Rutherford, Joyce Grenfell, Hattie McDaniel, Norm's cousin Irving, the classical album with Norman Nathan, Lucy Johnson and her daughter Tori, Montana and her parents, Matthews, The Naked Eye, The Combat Zone, The Foxy Lady, Haverhill, Methuen and Swansea, Dean Martin, Kolsky Jewelry and Lawrence Mass, Mike Epstein, Jack Hart, and the man who's leading you into a lovely new year, Norm Nathan, with lust in my eyes, I'm Tony Nesbitt. <laughs>